Microsoft has announced this week it's closing down a lot of things. But before we get to that, today's podcast is brought to you by Security Unlocked, a new podcast from Microsoft. You can find links down in, or I should say just generally in the description of this podcast. So let's just, let's, let's get to the right background. All right. There has been just a substantial amount of sort of like shutdowns this week. There's been a lot of news in the world of Microsoft uh, in general. Speaking of like just closing down products, they, they closed that there's the Bethesda stuff. There's just a lot of news we need to get through and it's worth diving into. So let's just, let's just start there. This news initially broke late last week, but I finally got a comment from Microsoft. So user voice, user voice is a big platform that Microsoft uses to, well, understand what it is you want and do not want. It's a feedback platform for many of their products like Office 365, Teams. It covers, I think, many of their, their services and it, it it started to get shut down late last week. We saw that Office 365 went offline just kind of suddenly and I emailed Microsoft. It took them a while to get back, but it looks like Microsoft is officially moving away from the user voice platform, which is a pretty big downer because there is a ton of data in there. If you've ever seen like posts or news posts or whatever, like people asking about features and that kind of stuff, it's almost always tied to a user voice platform. Now, I, some people said that it's actually pretty expensive to run user voice and considering how many platforms Microsoft was using, maybe that is a reason why they're moving away from that. And they also have a ton of their own tools to provide feedback, but user voice was a really public and out there way in an easy way, in an indexable way, if you will, to understand the features that people want, feedback about features that have shipped, and honestly, just understanding problems that other people were having with their installs. So while it is annoying that Microsoft is taking this platform away, the bigger issue here is all the data that is now just suddenly going to disappear as well with uh, within the community. So if you've been using user voice, a lot you're you're not going to be using them uh, much throughout the year they haven't said when each individual platform is shutting down but they started with office 365 and it's clear that throughout 2021 they're going to be closing down more of more more and more uh, of those platforms um, other things being shut down this week edge old edge not new edge but old edge legacy edge is officially out of service like they're no longer going to be servicing this providing updates um, i don't even know if there is an extended service plan sometimes when these things happen microsoft will say hey we'll continue to support it but you got to pay us a lot of dollar dues um, i don't know if they're doing that this time around but anyway so edge is now being officially it's done it's finito old edge legacy edge Spartan Edge, done. Um, Paint 3D, Paint 3D is no longer going to be a, a default app in Windows 10. So this is sort of like full circle of the creator's update. I know uh, the creator's update was always just sort of this odd thing. Microsoft was trying to brand Windows 10 updates like with themes. And they said, this one's the creator's update. And it, and it had a bunch of creative stuff. But it, they've backed out almost all of it, or at least a substantial amount of that creator's update, including like the 3D section of Windows 10 for all your files. And now Paint 3D is no longer going to be included uh, as a default app in Windows 10. I suspect that's because they see extremely low usage of it. And most of us just prefer the regular vanilla paint app for our basic photo editing, or not even photo editing, but just you know, meme creations, if you will. Um, it, they're not officially killing Paint 3D. I believe you'll still be able to get it through the store. And that just might just be the model going forward if that's... Like if you really need that app, I can't imagine it costs them anything to actually keep that app up and running. But Paint 3D is officially uh, going away. 
other things that Microsoft is shutting down this week. They announced late yesterday that the Windows Store for Business and the Windows Store for Education are also starting the process of winding down. Now, what this means is that if you were using the Windows Store for Business or Windows Store for Education and you bought an app and or services and or licenses through there, you can still continue to use those apps and services and they will continue to still be updated through that model for now. But going forward, if an app is not free, you can no longer buy it through the Windows Store. They're turning off that functionality. Now, if you do have licenses for a specific app, you will continue to be able to apply them and relicense them, meaning if somebody you feel applied it to somebody and then you're taking it away, you can still give it to somebody else. But you can no longer buy new licenses for that app. This is going to create uh, an interesting situation for some people. I can imagine where they're going to have some licenses coming in through that old mechanism and then they're going to have to start buying apps and services outside the store depending on where they are, and it's going to create a little bit of a juggling act of your licenses. So just be on the lookout for that. I believe it officially starts taking place April 14th. Microsoft isn't saying that this is the official quote-unquote end of the Windows Store for Business or, and education, I should say, but if you can no longer buy stuff and you can no longer add, really, there's no monetary value uh, coming through that store, you can't imagine that Microsoft is going to keep it around. Also, by the way, they turned off anonymous browsing. So if you don't have an Azure Active Directory account, you can no longer browse these features either or these storefronts. So it's really sort of locked down and it's the beginning of the end uh, for that. It is important to keep in note that this does not impact the Minecraft store. So Microsoft, I believe it's Minecraft for Education store is not impacted by this change, at least not yet. Uh, other things that are not working this week, not, not necessarily being shut down, but if you ran Patch Tuesday, which came out uh, this week, and your printer no longer works, you're not alone. Uh, there's a pretty big issue where printers are just not working uh, after installing Patch Tuesday. Microsoft is aware. We already have enough issues running around dealing with printers, but if your printer is not working this particular week, it could very likely be related to Patch Tuesday. So just be cognizant that that might be the reason why your printer isn't working. So just um, kind of keep that in mind. Just, just keep that in mind. So um, other things, let's switch it over to the gaming news, if you will. So other things being shut down, the Xbox One guide is being shut down in the Xbox world. This was announced with their, I believe their March update. I uh, remember Microsoft made a big deal about TV. We all know that story by now, but the guide, which allowed you to do HDMI pass through, and then you can see your TV listings on the display, and then you know you could you could find your favorite show. Now the TV functionality, the, the HDMI pass through, is not going away on the on the Xbox One. Just the TV listing functionality. So that is something uh, that is being shut down as well. The other big news this week, obviously, was that uh, Bethesda acquisition with Microsoft closed. We, we know that story by now. But yesterday, uh, the Xbox team actually sat down with Bethesda, and they had sort of a roundtable. And honestly, uh, um, I'm going to give them some credit here. They, they preempted that this is not a big news event. This is just more of like casual conversation. It just, it almost felt like a bar top con kind of conversation, if you I mean, it was a little bit more scripted and, and polished up than that. But it was just sort of that casual con conversation about how this acquisition, acquisition uh, materialized and things we can expect. Uh, Microsoft, aka, and I was going to say aka Phil Spencer, but <laughs> Microsoft slash Xbox slash Phil Spencer made it very clear on the exclusives front for people who are very concerned about that, uh, that Microsoft will continue to honor past and current contracts, uh, past and future contracts. So if they've signed a contract to put a game on Sony's platform, they are going to honor that contract. Um, they're not going to be breaking that. And so that is completely expected, but they are going to end up with exclusives into Game Pass. Now, it's important to understand how Microsoft continues to frame this. They don't say Xbox, they say into Game Pass. And the reason they say that is because Game Pass is not exclusive, quote unquote, to the Xbox console hardware. It's Game Pass is now on, uh, right? It's on the console. It's also on 
the PC, and then it's also on mobile. And where it's going to be on more mobile devices here in the near future with iOS uh, coming. And then obviously we know the browser story is going to be coming uh, soon as well with, with uh, cloud gaming. So that is why they keep saying Game Pass, not just Xbox, but Microsoft made it pretty clear that, hey, they're going to be Brent putting exclusive games into there. And so people who were losing sleep, but they shouldn't have been, uh, might be sleeping just a, a little bit easier. I don't I don't know. Um, also, a bunch of Bethesda games are hitting Game Pass today. By the time you're listening to this, you can probably listen to it. Also, the one question I keep getting asked all the time is when is EA Play uh, titles coming to the PC? Now, I don't have a specific date, but I'm starting to see in here that the games are starting to make their way like into the right like areas of the, the Microsoft ecosystem. So it looks like that feature should be launching here hopefully sooner um, rather than later. At least that's the hope. Like I'm actually seeing momentum or, or things are happening again on that front is what the insiders are telling me. And so hopefully that arrives here in the near future. So uh, the other really big thing that I think is worth pointing out is Edge on Xbox. Now we talked about Edge being shut down uh, earlier in this podcast because Microsoft stopped supporting it. Technically, if, you're, if I walked over there because that's where my Xbox Series X is and I boot it up and I use Edge, I'm using a quote-unquote unsupported browser. That being said, we know that Microsoft is bringing Edge, the new Edge, to Xbox. Actually, we did a little video earlier this week and go watch it, but there's some new sort of uncoverings after poking around and getting some help um, from some people on, on the Twitters is that this app, it looks like it's honestly like a Win32 app, like a native Windows 10 app just running on uh, on the Xbox. There's a couple reasons why this is really interesting. One, because it's like it's the full app, meaning you can inst install extensions. The other things too, it looks like you can run multiple instances of the same browser, uh, which doesn't quite work on the Xbox, but like the functionality is still there. Um, you can also stream to Chromecast devices. So there's a little awkwardness for you. So you can boot up your Xbox, load up Edge, then you can stream those videos or content to a Chromecast. A uh, little bit awkward, but whatever. I'm happy to, to see that functionality. Like it is the full Windows 10 app, which is a really interesting thing because if it can run the native Windows 10 browser, why can't we run other apps on the Xbox? We don't know. I actually asked Microsoft for comment. I said, hey, what kind of sandbox is this running? I know Microsoft uses some uh, unique security tools. I believe Pluton is one of them, if I remember correctly. Um, like, what is Microsoft doing here? And more realistically, like, would we ever be able to run other apps that we want to? I don't think Microsoft is going to go down that route uh, just because of the security exposure, but I already think there already is an exposure running this app. And so they seemed a little quiet when I asked them about it because I don't know if this was like a rush thing because Edge is coming to an end and they needed to get a new browser in that process working. We'll find out. But anyways, the full Edge app is running on on the Xbox, which is really cool. And, and it really sort of enhances some of the functionality. Obviously, we need the, the full mouse and keyboards. So I believe it's mostly just mouse support to make it a truly awesome browser uh, for, for the living room or wherever your console is. But it's something to keep an eye on. It's just honestly, I think the point here is to, it's just something to keep an eye on because it's... It's a little unorthodox how Microsoft put Edge onto the Xbox, I think is the fair way to, uh, to, to, to frame that, if you will. But other things you should be framing, if I could went to the right way, right way there is that my new friends not my new friends but my friends over at Microsoft Evangelist Nick and Natalia have a new podcast called Security Unlock where they take a closer look at the latest innovations in threat intelligence security research and data science with a special focus on demystifying artificial intelligence and in machine learning and this week they dropped episode 18 which is celebrating women in security which is a really cool topic especially for this month and you should you should go check it out it's episode 18 there will be links in the, the description here and it's things they talk about um, uh, 
<laughs> how building a security team with different perspectives is pretty cool. And so they, they dig through this topic because you need to have a diverse mindset when approaching security. I mean, look at like Hafnium this week, like attacking exchange. And so if you have a single focused mindset about how to approach security, you end up with some pretty significant issues in your environment. And so it's a cool podcast. Uh, I've known Nick and, and for a while, and we've been talking about security unlocked here. And so episode 18 just dropped this week. You should go catch up on to it. And I need to clean up my notes because I got a little lost there for a second. But securityunlockedpodcast.com. And uh, there we go. I changed some camera settings this week, actually right before this podcast. So one of the issues here, this is a divergence. When I change the background, like the exposure will change and I got to do some fine tuning here. And so I locked all the camera settings to hopefully mitigate some of that. Because if you watch other podcasts uh, that I do, you'll see that it can kind of bounce around. But the problem is I got to find like the optimum setting and then I've got to get all the backgrounds uh, set up correctly. One of the challenges here is when there's different amounts of white, it, it really kind of blows things out from a, a balanced perspective with the camera. So as I, I float around there, I actually recrop this and I got to do something about these bands, see if I can figure that out. Um, but I made some changes this morning. We will see uh, what is happening there. Just a little security unlocked back details or whatever, because that's what I was uh, just kind of the fun things you got to deal with or, or th not even deal with, but think about when recording these sort of things. So questions of the week, diving into the questions, which is always my favorite part. First question, Shark47, do you think we can expect any new Surface form factors or even a new Surface Pro X this year? So to answer your first question, do you think we can expect any new Surface form factors this year? Yes. Um, I would be, I'm thinking, I think it's going to be in the fall. I don't, I'm not thinking spring, thinking fall. Uh, is there a Surface new Surface Pro X this year? Um, that I'm not so sure about. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me because there was some news earlier this week about Qualcomm taking on the M1 chip from Apple with their new uh, updated uh, silicon. Uh, but we will see. We will see. Uh, NGC says... 224. Is there anything you can say about the Surface Spring event? Um, I think it's coming. I believe it's happening in April. I believe we will see a new webcam. Uh, Surface Laptop 4 with AMD chips, the 4000 series, not the 5000 Intel 11th gen chips. And we might see some other audio and updates as well. As just kind of leave it at that. Uh, Sujitsu. I kind of like that name. Sujitsu says, uh, in the Bethesda interview, Phil mentions his ideas for future ID or id tech. ID, if you're not familiar, it's id tech. Uh, do you think Xbox could be set up, could set up id tech as a potential Unreal Engine competitor for any developer to make license-free Game Pass uh, on id tech engine? I absolutely think that they could. Now, keep in mind, Microsoft has their developer, their game developer. It's not GDC. GDC is now happening in July, but Microsoft has their GameStack conference happening uh, next month in April. And that is the type of conversation that would come up there. So it's a very good question. You have Unreal, you have the id tech engine. Is Microsoft gonna basically make it free so developers can build games on it? It wouldn't surprise me. It would. It honestly wouldn't surprise me. Now you gotta keep in mind that if they go that route, it's a very long tail um, road ahead to get developers. Because let's say a developer says, oh, that's cool. I'll use that engine instead of Unreal. Uh, well, there's a lot of like documentation. There's a lot of like just getting up to speed on it sort of thing. And then you gotta build a game, which could take years. Um, so it would be, it's an interesting strategy. It's something that's very much in the wheelhouse of Microsoft. Uh, Kadupa says, you have any idea on what strategy Microsoft is following with OneDrive and its Photos apps, or do they even have any strategy? Photos app now looks like a rudderless and completely useless on Windows, and it's not even a cross-platform. Um, so Microsoft definitely has a strategy with OneDrive because that is a revenue generating business line. Um, Photos app is more of like the paint 3D of the world, right? They, they 
put some features in it, they ship it, and then it just kind of floats around until they decide to ship some more features. Um, rudderless, I think, is probably a probably fair way to describe it. We don't see a lot of action on that, and um, OneDrive certainly has a business model behind it, but Photos is not, not so much. Uh, Joe says, do you think Microsoft will announce Azure hosted Win32 apps for Windows 10X this year? Ooh, ooh. So here's here's sort of the challenge right now. Windows 10X, as we know it, does not run, which is hilarious, doesn't run um, Win32 apps, much like we are seeing the Xbox now do. But granted, the Xbox Series X is probably going to be more powerful than a lot of the early Windows 10X devices that come off the shelf or off the assembly lines or whatever you want to call it. Um, I hope that we do see that. So when Azure hosted Win32 apps means you could take your app, put it into Azure, and then it's effectively streamed down to these Windows 10X devices. Microsoft has the technology that have the ability to do it we actually even saw this some on back on windows phone if you remember the hp elite something or other uh had this functionality so it exists uh microsoft will deliver it when it's appropriate but i don't think we're going to see it at launch potentially later in the second half of the year but the, the timeline for windows 10x has shifted so much from what i was initially expecting i'm not sure if they will absolutely announce it later this year but it's something that they are uh very deeply invested in for not just windows 10x like the ability to stream apps like that is a pretty big deal um, across the industry, especially if you're running legacy applications like the old edge and you can throw it up into Azure and it'd be much more secure than running it locally. So Jay says, uh, now that the mic, now that the Bethesda and Microsoft merger is now complete, do you see Microsoft acquiring another big game studio this year? So I want to say yes, but I don't say that definitively because like people ask all the time, like what are the like there were two acquisitions that I believe already fell through this year, um, just for for various reasons, um, because either other companies bought them or the timing and, and monetary just wasn't right, or the studio didn't want to be bought. Um, look at the developer studio behind Flight Sim. I believe Microsoft approached them, but it just didn't work out, and they ended up taking private capital uh, instead. So is Microsoft going to buy more studios? Yes. Is it definitively going to be this year? I don't know exactly because these things are juggled so much and they're not final right up until they are, if that makes sense. So um, Microsoft is, is not done buying game studios. Let me put it that way. Let me put it that way. Uh, Nate Ham says, do you think Microsoft will do an Xbox portable to compete with the Switch? No, I, I don't because of cloud gaming. Microsoft's portable is going to be your iOS or Android device running xCloud games. That is going to be their mobile play, which is a smart play. That way they don't have to build hardware. There's no need to. I was looking for my Razer Kishi because that basically turns, um, I can't, I don't see it right off, right off set here. Uh, ba that basically turns your mobile device into a Switch-like piece of hardware and so i don't i don't foresee them building dedicated hardware it's like it's not that microsoft is getting out of the xbox hardware arena but it just doesn't make sense for them everybody already has a mobile phone and those are typically much more powerful so if you're wondering what that little edit was there i've got three yards of topsoil coming to my house and i'm going to be uh, slugging some dirt around doing some manual labor this weekend but hopefully you had a wonderful week hopefully everything is good on your end and as always keep it subscribed here because the only bs on this channel is me